ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of an Evolved Review. I'm your host, James Caleb Kitchens, and I am joined today by none other than Joe Brown returning back to the show. Joe is from Suplexes and Microphones. Joe, welcome back. Thank you, man. Appreciate you having me on again. Yeah, this is a very, very special episode. We're kind of, uh, that's kind of been the theme this season, season two so far, is uh, all of like the kind of main episodes ends up just being me and Caleb. And then, uh, you know, all the special episodes, I usually have a guest. So it hasn't intended to work out that way, but that's how it's worked out. Uh, we have a momentous topic today to the point that we were discussing, like not being able to figure out what to wear uh, <laughs> for the for the show. Uh, I was talking about, you know, I have a lot of nerd shirts uh, and uh, I have a bunch of Marvel ones and I have a bunch of Star Wars ones. And I decided to just go with a, a wrestling shirt uh, with uh, some Owen Knight gear because uh, I could not single out one property. Although I almost wore either a Baby Yoda or an Ahsoka shirt, but we'll get into mm. that. Very nice. So, well, you're war ready, that's for sure. That's it. That's it. And and so is Disney. And that's what we're talking <laughs> about uh, today is uh, just this slew of announcements that Disney has come out with. Uh, this week, I mean, I know people kind of looked at it like, oh, it's an investor call. Why are they making these announcements on an investor call? You know, people were thinking it was going to be really dry. And and the first part was, uh, I watched the whole thing, and the first part was pretty boring. Uh, it was a lot of investor type stuff. But then once they kind of handed it over to the creatives in the second half, it was just like being at a convention or anything else. Yeah, and actually, if you recall, you had to let me know what was going on, and I had to check it out later. Um, but you're right; it, it did feel uh, Comic Con ish announcements that were being dropped there. Yeah, I was messaging you like the whole time, like, "Oh my God, can you believe <laughs> they're doing this or that?" And um, there, there were several people that were receiving those messages for me at the time. Oh, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the the announcements just kept coming. Uh, they, they were very smart. They started with Star Wars and then they kind of went into like National Geographic, Hulu, some of their Disney plus exclusives, which I mean, let's not forget that the, that, you know, Disney may have acquired Marvel and Star Wars and those are the big tent poles, but Disney's like, I guess you'd call them first party kind of properties are also insanely popular the world over. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, the classics like you know, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, et cetera. And then like the newer stuff like Frozen and then, you know, Moana and stuff like that. Uh, you know, those are, those are popular with children. Those are popular with adults. Um, you know, so we're probably not going to touch on much of that at all today. Um, we're kind of going to stay in our wheelhouse, which is more the, uh, Star Wars and Marvel, uh, universes. Um, I really wanted to have, uh, superhero homie Q on here today to give us his, you know, in-depth uh, kind of uh, feedback and opinions on the Marvel portion of this and Star Wars too. Um, uh, he is a, a big Star Wars fan as well, uh, but I'm pretty sure that superhero homies is actually going to do an episode uh, on this as well. So uh, definitely, if you enjoy this one, or even if you don't, uh, you know, check <laughs> check theirs out uh, because, uh, as we know. Uh, Ace, uh, or superhero homie Q as he is on the show, uh, has a ton of, uh, in-depth comic book knowledge, probably more than anybody that I know personally. 
Yeah, and and you know I'm a patron of those guys as well. I always enjoy the content that they put out, and I I'm sure they're going to review it, and I can't wait to hear what they've got to say about all these announcements that Disney has dropped as well. Yeah, I'm going to be refreshing the feed, waiting for that one to come up. Right. So uh, let's let's dig into it, man. Uh, so here's the thing that the announcement that really set all this off, and this is this kind of floored me, man. Is Disney Plus has hit 87 million subscribers. Right. Well, that's uh, that's a lot of money coming in, and that's why I, I guess a lot of content is going to be put out. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing about that is, in the U.S. at least, that puts them above Netflix. Yeah, that's amazing, because Netflix is, is almost like having cable these back in the day. Pretty much everyone has Netflix one way or the other. Yeah. So to for them to outpace Netflix, that's pretty significant. And Netflix has like a big, a, either original show or a show of a popular property on pretty much year round. Um, right. You know, and, and it's very clear based on all these announcements that that's what Disney is trying to do with Disney Plus as well. They kind of want there to always be something new hitting the platform. And I, and that's what we really want. I mean, at least from my perspective, I mean, we can contribute tons of those subscribers to the Mandalorian because Disney also came out a few weeks ago and, and revealed that the Mandalorian, not only is it the most watched thing on Disney plus it's the, it's five times more watched than anything on Disney plus. Yeah. I heard you mention that, uh, on one of your previous podcasts and that was mind blowing that, that they know where their money's at. If they're going to follow up with more, uh, Star Wars stuff. I mean, look, I, I paid for three years up front and it was for Marvel and Star Wars. It wasn't for uh, Mickey Mouse. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a lot of folks is, you know, I, I, it'd be interesting to see what kind of numbers they would have if they didn't have the Marvel and Star Wars properties on there. But I think by their own admission, I think they'd be significantly less. I think they'd be probably struggling to hit maybe 25, 30 mil without those properties and and you know there's a reason that they created this network when they did and not you know disney always could have done this it's not like they didn't have the resources to do it when netflix did it um but they have the content now to compete with i would say anybody hands down yeah well if if not give them a year you know it, i mean the right. stuff's going to start dropping next year and it's just going to be one thing after another, like a like a waterfall coming down, um, with good stuff. It's not it's not filler. I don't think it's going to be all good. Yeah, I mean, Baby Yoda is everywhere, and a lot of people, could, you know, there's a lot of people that that would say that like Baby Yoda is actually the star of the show. Um, I I would say that for the casuals, it, it's really genius, right? Because for the more casual fans that are, you know, that want droids ewoks and porgs and like stuff like that baby yoda is like amazing right because he's like not only is he like the cutest out of all those characters but he's also like really got a lot of mystery around him he's important to the overall story of star wars um we don't know exactly how yet but you know that he's gonna be um and, and you know he's just an important creature because we know how powerful yoda himself was um there is a large portion of the the casual fandom that literally don't know where this takes place in the timeline and think 
that he is actually Yoda <laughs> as a kid. Uh, right. And, and uh, I guess that's okay, man, because they still they're still watching the show. They'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, um, and and then I think for for us, you know, I think Mando himself is, you know, more of the the draw from more of the hardcore audience. You know, he we've always I I think the I think the Star Wars fandom has been obsessed with Boba Fett for a long time, with Mandalorian culture for a long time, and I think you know this guy walking around in Beskar armor, you know, wrecking shit. Uh, and having cool like space battles and then now we you know uh, spoiler alert for Mandalorian season two you're in the wrong spot if you haven't if you're not current on that uh, Boba Fett is now actually in the show they're flying around in Slave One um, right so it, it it is really both sides of that coin that they're catering to at the same time it's an incredible balance it is it's funny you you bring that up because uh, on the way to the gym this morning myself and my workout partner Steve Bailey shout out to him. Uh, he said, man, I was really sad when they, when they kidnapped, uh, baby Yoda. I said, screw that kid, man. He's not, he's not the star. <laughs> and he couldn't believe I was saying that, but I couldn't believe, but he's a casual. So you nailed it as far as who they're catering to and who cares about what. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's them being able to do both of those at the same time, I think is the strength of John Favreau for one. Uh, Definitely. And because they did it throughout the Iron Man franchise uh, he directed uh, the Lion King remake, um, which, regardless of your feelings about that, uh, I have some feelings about that too. But this isn't the place for it. Um, <laughs> that that movie theater was packed with little kids seeing Lion King for the first time, and grown ass adults. <laughs> you right. know, and uh, he also did the Jungle Book as well, which had you know had a similar effect. I didn't know that. I didn't know he did Jungle Book. Yeah, the most recent. Like, like the live action jungle book that yeah. they did. Um, that's actually, um, he talks about this a good bit in the the Mandalorian documentary they put on Disney plus where that's actually where they got a lot of this technology where they developed it because uh, not to get, not to make this a making of Mandalorian uh, show, but they actually can take like VR headsets and the way that they film this, they actually can like the director can, get all the effects in there, like a rough version of all the effects and they can put on like a VR headset and they can actually walk around in the volume, which is what they call the the set. And they can see like what the scene's going to look like. So they can like plan out where the camera's going to be with all the effects and stuff in there. Whereas, you know, 10 years ago, you know, you just had a guy in a, in a suit, in a green suit, <laughs> holding up a, 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 a horse on a stick, a horse head on a stick, you know, this is a dragon and you know, yeah. Ian, Ian McKellen's over there and his like Gandalf robe and everything else is just green screen. Right. You know? So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a really interesting kind of development of the technology and that technology is also why they've been able to continue to make the show in the COVID era. Oh yeah, that's true. You know, because they can, they can literally have you come in and film your stuff and then you leave and, somebody else comes in and then whoever's in the Mando suit that day. I mean, obviously they're, you know, they're protecting themselves, right? They're, they're, they're in full body suit. Got a mask on. Yeah. And refuse to take it off. <laughs> right. Uh, so let's dig into it, man. Um, Cause I, I feel like we could sit here for two hours and just talk broadly about this stuff. Um, so speaking of Mandalorian and, and this is, 
they obviously, like you said, they know where their bread and butter is. So John Favreau, and we assume Dave Filoni. I haven't been able to get con- uh, like confirmation one hundred percent that Filoni will be involved with both of these shows. Uh, but they have announced that Favreau will kind of expand what I am now coining the Mandoverse um, uh, with a Rangers of the New Republic show that will feature Cara Dune, uh, since she is the High Marshal of the Outer Rim now. And then also uh, Ahsoka Tano will receive her own show, which um, as we, you know, as we kind of can guess from Mandalorian that she will be hunting down uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Um, I don't see any possibility or reality where Dave Filoni is not directly involved in that show. No, I, and he should be involved. And we, we it's confirmed that Rosario Dawson is Ahsoka again, right? Yes. Um, okay. It, you know, I couldn't my, find anything on that. So my, my original take on season two Mandalorian when I found out we were going to get Ahsoka was I I thought that we would get her at the very end. Like maybe he was going to arrive at whatever planet he was going to have the the child uh, Grogu as we now can call him. We don't have to call him the child anymore or Baby Yoda for that matter. Right. Um, and I will correct everyone for from now on. Uh, and uh, you know, so I was thinking Mando walks up, maybe we get the lightsabers turn on, fade to black. And I'm I couldn't have been any more wrong when I saw him that the after episode five, when I saw that the next episode was gonna be titled The Jedi and that Filoni was writing and directing it, I said that's gonna be it, obviously, because that's his baby, you know. Um uh, for those of you who may be watching or listening to this and and don't know uh, Ahsoka is from the Clone Wars series, which Filoni like helped create a lot right alongside George Lucas. So um, she was also in Star Wars Rebels, which he also was like the showrunner for, basically. So um, you know, this character is kind of his creation, and everything you know with her becoming mainstream and going into live action, uh, you know, he's got his hands all over it, and and that's honestly what I want as a fan, anyway. Yeah. So you expected, I don't know if you recall uh, season two, Walking Dead, the the very final scene was when Michonne got revealed. That's what you thought was going to happen with Ahsoka, basically. Yeah, I thought we were right? going to get exactly yeah. that. I thought yeah. I, I thought we'd get her, lightsabers turn on, you you know, those casual fans like that we talked about earlier are all going to go, that's, you know, they got a lightsaber, like it's a Jedi, whatever. And then, <laughs> you know, the hardcore folks are going to be like, that's fucking Ahsoka Tano, you know? So right. it, like we said, they know how to pop both sides of that fan base at the same time. And they still did it sure. anyway. I mean, but it, we just got 40 minutes of it instead of, you know, that just that one moment. Very satisfying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what do you think about these two shows, man? Do you, um, obviously the Ahsoka one is probably more of a sure hit. I, I, Rangers of the New Republic kind of shocked me. I mean, I know Cara Dune is popular, uh, but I, I, and I know that they've had the kind of X-Wing pilots out patrolling the rim and they've been a big part of season two of Mandalorian. Um, what do, what do you, what do you think about these two shows? I mean, like you said, Ahsoka, that's probably a, a easy home run for them. Probably going to be heavy with the um, special effects and things like that. Whereas Rangers of the New Republic will probably have more of a Rogue One feel where they're running around 
not have any special powers or anything like that. More of a street style Marines, I guess, handling business uh, for for the Republic. But I, I look forward to that one. Obviously, I want to see Ahsoka more than from what I know right now than the Rangers. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm very interested in both of them. I, I really think they'll both do well. I'm, I'm sure we're going to get they made sure to say these both take place in the same time frame as the Mandalorian. And they've already announced a crossover event between wow. the three shows. Um, so I don't know if, you know, if they're going to do like they did with, I don't know if it's going to be a CW thing where maybe we get an episode of Mandalorian, an episode of Rangers of the New Republic, an episode of the Ahsoka show, whatever that's going to be called. Um, you know, I don't know if we get that. I don't know if they're going to do it like uh, Defenders style where maybe we get season three of Mandalorian, season one of Ahsoka, season one of Rangers of the New Republic, and then we get like a short two, three, four episode, you know, whatever crossover series. I mean, with it being their own platform, they can do this however they want. Right. Definitely. And you know they got these people in their contract for probably forever. Forever. No doubt. Yeah. So, and I mean, really the only person that I think they're probably in any danger of like losing to them being insanely popular is probably Pedro Pascal. And he doesn't give a shit because he didn't even have to be there. Like, <laughs> so they can have the other two actors do all the stuff in the suit for the most part. And then he can just do the lines from his house. Right. He could. So. I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised because I thought, uh, Cardoon was going to get killed off here soon, but. Apparently not. Yeah, um, I I I don't know if if you do you mean that because of the uh, kind of uh, stuff that the actress herself got caught up in, like publicly. I mean, or? yeah, the social media stuff aside, I just kind of felt like if there's a showdown here in Mandalorian coming up, she'd be the sacrificial lamb, and then we hear all about this, you know, social media issue that Disney may or may not act on. And I thought, yeah, she's going to be gone. Yeah, I thought so too. I'm I'm pretty sure that somebody probably sat down with her and said, just don't say anything about this ever again. And, you know, she was probably like, okay. Um, because I, I can't see, if they haven't had that conversation, I can't see them putting her in a larger role. Uh, I'm surprised there hasn't been a lot of Twitter backlash on that, but we'll see how that goes. Right. Um, you know, maybe there has, and I just haven't seen it, and it'll probably stay that way. Um, <laughs> so moving away from the Mandoverse, um, I'm trademarking that. Uh, so one, one of the ones that I'm really excited about, and this is really the only one of these that we got like a legit trailer for, is uh, Star Wars Bad Batch. Uh, which, this is a, a really interesting kind of, if you weren't into like Clone Wars, you probably aren't familiar with this property at all because it's kind of of a kind of niche uh little segment of star wars lore right yeah no i watched the trailer and uh i liked what i saw but i want to see more that's for sure yeah um yeah i agree uh so basically there's an episode of clone wars called the bad batch and it's a, about a group of like troopers, and this was originally supposed to be the first episode of the ill-fated uh, season seven of Clone Wars, which 
they never got to make until Disney Plus came around, and then they came back and finished the show. Um, but uh, Bad Batch is basically uh, it's a group of clones that underwent like these experimental like mutations, and so they all have like additional abilities and things like that that the regular troopers don't have. And and that's that's one going to be something that's really interesting about the show. It's not just going to be a bunch of clone troopers running around. Uh, and then it, the show looks to have a really heavy imperial sort of theme to it. So we're kind of going to get to see a lot more of like the ins and outs of the empire, which I think be an attraction for a lot of folks. Yeah, that's going to be good. And you told me this is right up my son's alley. And I think you're right. There's a lot of action in that trailer too, man. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited about that one. Up next, and, and these announcements, I mean, if you didn't watch the show and you're not familiar with these, you're just hearing them for the first time now, 20 minutes from now, you're going to be like, are these guys going to stop? No, there's so much stuff here. Um, so the next thing on the, on the uh, docket here is they announced that they're going to do a Lando Calrissian TV show. Yes. Um, and that is going to be directed by uh, Justin Simeon, which I believe is the uh, Dear White People from Netflix show director. If okay. I'm not mistaken, um, I'll fact check myself on that real quick. Um, however, uh, they one thing that about this show that bothers me is they did not directly confirm uh, that they were going to have Donald Glover. Maybe they're still in talks. Yeah, and I I wonder how that um, how that's going to go. You know, honestly, uh, if they don't get him, if they have to recast him. Right, because it's all that'll be like the third actor to play the role in a very short amount of time. Right, because we got him in the solo movie, and his performance as Lando, in my opinion, was even better than the original. I can't think of that actor's name off the top of my head right now. Billy D. Williams. Yes, thank you. Uh, if I didn't need to think about it, I would have been able to pull it right up. Um, so I liked his. Lando even better than Billy D. Williams, and Billy D. Williams is the character, you know, um, and he he was fantastic. They're they're both fantastic in their own right. So it would be hard to me to strike gold a third time, you know, with that right. if they can't get Donald Glover, especially since so many people will watch it just because it's Donald Glover. That's true. That's true. So, but I don't know if I agree that he's better than Billy D. Williams, but right, I, they're both great. Um, and, and and it's either way, but I, I don't think anybody, I didn't, I never heard anybody go, you know what, Donald Glover's portrayal of Lando was just off, and he didn't do a good job or whatever. You're yeah. right, and he looked amazing right. in the outfit. Yep, I agree. So, we'll, we'll see how it goes if they don't get him. It's it's almost like a um, it's kind of almost the same scenario of like uh, you know, eventually they're going to have to recast Magneto and Professor X. Right. How do you strike gold on that three times in a row? Because the first two actors to play either character were amazing. Yeah, but you can't beat Fastbender, man. Right, you can't. You can't. I know you're a you're a diehard Magneto fan, and uh, I am as well. And uh, yeah, you you, I I don't know. I don't know where you go from there. No other actor comes to my mind when I think, you know, who could play that role. So it's the same way with with Lando. I I can't think of off the top of my head, somebody that could play him. I mean, obviously that's a much, in my opinion, a much easier character to portray 
than Magneto because Magneto has all these layers. Um, but it, it would still just be tough to recast him again. Yeah, definitely. Um, what do you think about the Cassian Andor show? Because we, this is not an announcement. They just kind of, this was, this has been announced. Um, but there was a footnote basically where they said, Hey, don't forget that we're also doing this. Uh, Diego Luna is the main character's name. I gotta be honest out of everything that's on this list. This is the thing I'm the least excited about that. That's exactly how I felt. I was like, now, which one is this again? You know? Uh, so that, you know what though? It may surprise us both. It, it may it come might. out and, and kill it. And you and I are like raving about it and buying Cassie and Andor shirts after that. But if, if that but happens, right now, brother, I, I would be very, I would, I would eat, eat crow on that one. Yeah. I'd be happy to though. If it's great. Shoot. Yeah. I mean, I'll watch it, you know, I'll give it a shot. Right. Right. But I just, it is an odd choice though. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan of any of the rebels in rogue one, you know, like, at all, <laughs> I, I I cheered at the end of that movie when the Empire blew them all up. Spoilers for Rogue One. Yeah, so. well, I love Rogue One, but I, that doesn't mean other characters uh, deserve their own shows or movies. Yeah, I, I love Rogue One now. It grew on me. I didn't like it at first, um, but like this, but like Cassian Andor, I've never been like, man, Cassian Andor is cool as hell. You know what I'm saying? At, right. at no point ever. So this has always been like the huge question mark to me of. Why? I mean, they must have some grand pitch for what they're going to do with this because, you know, his character development, he's kind of this like slimy guy going into Rogue One. And then you kind of see him throughout the movie in a different light. And I'm like, well, this has got to be a prequel. It can't be a sequel because he's dead. So, right. Is he just going to be this like, they're not going to make the main like protagonist this like really slimy dude. Um, so I don't know. Well, I don't know. You and I both like the shield. That's true. That's true. But I could never see the shield being on Disney. Well, um, no, but you know what I'm saying? A slimy dude. Yeah. That is supposed to be a good guy, but uh, he's got his own little issues. You know, it can work. It can. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it. Um, so here's one that surprised me and that I am really, uh, really excited about. They also announced that, um, that from Leslie Headland uh, is coming a brand new show called Acolyte, which is going to be a High Republic era Star Wars show. Um, I am really excited about this because, uh, I mean, first off, the the High Republic era is something that is very appealing to me, and we're talking about like the the High Republic is, I believe, six hundred years before Star Wars Episode One. Okay. So you've got Yoda as like a Jedi Knight, right? That, that's like that era. Okay. And supposedly this is going to be like when the dark side first started to like sort of regain power leading up to Palpatine's rise 600 years later. So this is like the Sith, like sort of reemerging back into the galaxy. Um, I'm excited about exploring a new era of Star Wars that we haven't seen before because the last time that we really got to do that was Star Wars The Old Republic, um, which anybody that's familiar with the Old Republic uh, video games, uh, they are some of, like, the first Star Wars Old Republic 
for anybody who's played through that, I think it's probably their favorite Star Wars video game, at least for anybody I've ever talked to. And it's one of the most well-reviewed Star Wars games ever. Um, and a lot of people are, you know, every time they, they're like, hey, we're making a new Star Wars game, the fandom has this huge outcry of like, please give us Old Republic. And then Disney's like, no. Hmm. So um, I'm excited to explore a new era of Star Wars and the, the kind of getting away from that Skywalker saga era uh, and 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 th- them just having kind of the creative freedom to, number one, have this like huge like Jedi Academy and like the get to see like more of like the Jedi like presence in the galaxy and like how, you know, the council and everything and the Republic worked when they were like really functional before everything got so screwed up in the, in the main movies. Um, I'm excited about that. I mean, what, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah. Now that you've explained it that way, I, I'm kind of excited too. At first I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know about this, but uh, it, it's got some, it's got some elements with a lot of potential for sure. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, I, I'm excited for it. Uh, I I think it'll be a while before we get it though. I don't I don't think we get it in 2021 even. Yeah, well, they got plenty of other things coming, so we can wait on that one. Yeah, I mean, if they schedule this right, I mean, so let's let's just talk about what we got so far. So we got Mando and the two shows that accompany it. So three shows in the Mandoverse: Bad right. Batch, Lando, Andor, Acolyte. If those are eight episode seasons, right? then they could pretty much have every Friday, they could have a new episode all year of a Star Wars TV show. That'd be amazing. You know, we could get Mando and then Mando season finale next week, Rangers of the New Republic, eight episodes of that next week, Ahsoka, you know, then the Mandoverse takes their break. Then we get a Bad Batch for eight, ten episodes. I mean... They could do more than that. They could do Bad Batch like Clone Wars, and they could do 22-episode seasons. They could have it running at the same time as some of these other shows. Right. Um, one of the other announcements that they had is that they're going to have some little anime-type short films. I don't know that they if they announced uh, any of the uh, topics for those officially. I didn't really catch them. Um, but we did see uh, that they are going to do those, which that has me a little bit excited because... Uh, have, are you familiar with the original Clone Wars? Yes. Yeah, I love those. And, and yeah, they're one, great. One of the reasons I could never, it, it took me forever to get into this like CG one is because I loved the little like shorts that they did so much. Um, and, and I loved that storyline. And so when they tried to stretch it out into like, you know, 200 episodes or whatever, uh, whereas the original was like two hours, uh, that that bothered me and and I never like it took me a long time to to grasp on to the the newer sort of expanded clone wars format. So if these movies are going to be anything like those, then I'm excited for it. Absolutely. Uh and then to cap it off for me, th- this is Yeah, I knew this was coming. <laughs> yeah. Uh there's a reason that I put this last on the list of the shows uh because this is one of those ones where it's like all right, I got to dig into this. Uh, the Kenobi show, this is not an announcement for uh, this show. This has been confirmed for a while. Uh, there is rumor out there that it's only going to be six episodes, but that could have changed. Um, hmm. I don't care how, it, it could be one episode and I would be just as excited for it. So 
Uh, as we know, Ewan McGregor is returning as Obi-Wan Kenobi, my favorite Star Wars character, period. Um, and uh, that is going to be directed by Deborah Chow. She's actually a director of two episodes of The Mandalorian in season one. Uh, I can't remember what the other episode she directed is, but I know she directed the one where they do the heist on the prison, the one that has Bill Burr in it. Right. Um, and that, that was a great episode. And um, so I've got a lot of faith in her as a director. And then they annou- the announcement that they had in relation to this was that Hayden Christensen would return as Darth Vader. Yeah, I was shocked to hear that one. I was shocked to hear that too because when Disney first purchased Star Wars, and this is the best time to talk about this, there was this urge kind of from, I think, the older Star Wars fans and then from Disney to be like, let's get away from the prequels as much as possible. We have to right. distance ourselves from the prequels. People don't like them. Let's remake episode four. And I'm not, I, I promise this will not turn into me shitting on the sequel trilogy for the next 25 minutes. Cause I could, um, I should, we should probably do an episode about that just so I can reference back to it in the future. It, it'd be longer than 25 minutes, but go ahead. You're right. You're right. All right. Guilty as charged. Uh, <laughs> that being said, I, they 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 said we're going to remake a new hope basically with some additional characters. Here's episode 7 and they basically tried to stay away from the prequel trilogy as much as humanly possible. And I think they found out after the fact that people don't really hate the prequel trilogy. Um uh, there's a lot of elements in the prequels that people loved a lot. Uh there are things in the prequels that people also didn't like. Um you know the the dialogue is one of them uh and that's a problem that is very easily fixed if you decide to revisit these characters so right that being said man i i think uh at star wars celebration a few years ago this probably was what really opened their eyes to this is they announced that hayden christensen was going to be there he had not been to a star wars celebration since they were filming the prequels and instantly like badge like pre-orders for that star wars celebration broke all records and he also then broke all records at the convention as like the most requested guest because at star wars celebration you buy that stuff in advance like for the big actors like if you want to meet so-and-so you buy like a little pass to meet them and then they give you you know it's just like um when we met rick flair at dragon con it's the same kind of deal right you get a right a time slot and you, you know, a group number or whatever. And you arrive at this time. And I had a friend of mine that did it. And I mean, she ended up in that line, even though she pre bought it, like you have to for like three hours. Um, and like the line, like he got the most of those buys, like his line was like wrapped around the place. They could not get people through there fast enough. Um, Wow. Yeah. I mean, and you would think like, you know, it would be like Harrison Ford or Mark Hamill or whatever. And maybe it's because those people had been there a lot, you know, and he had just kind of been gone for a long time. And a lot of people, you know, kind of put the blame on him or even think that he's not a good actor because of the, you know, kind of shitty dialogue that was in those films. But I think he's a good actor. Like there's other movies that he's in where he, he's, he's very good. I think, um, uh, Awake is probably one of those movies 
uh, to watch if you want to see where he's actually a great actor. Um, although that movie is absolutely terrifying. So uh, look up, look up what the movie's about before you watch that one. <laughs> okay. Uh, have you, you have, have you seen it? Have you seen it? I have not seen that one. Okay. So it's a, what it's about briefly, not to go on a tangent about this, but basically it's like, he's like this kind of like rich guy or whatever. And he's having, I think it's like a heart transplant. It's some super major operation. And he like, doesn't go under. Like he's still completely aware of what's happening, but he's like paralyzed from the uh, anesthesia. So like you're kind of in his head while they're performing this like surgery on him. And he finds out that there's this intricate like plot to like actually kill him. Uh, so so that they can inherit his, uh, his wealth. Um, it, it's a good movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's horrifying. Like you don't want to, like watch it and then go have surgery. <laughs> right. Um, but it's, it's, it's good. And he's very good in it. Uh, but him returning to the fandom, man, I think that, I, I think the reaction from the fans for that, I think that really opened a lot of people's eyes to like, Hey, the, the fandom does like him. It, it's not this thing where people just hate the, the prequels. Now don't go bringing Jar Jar Binks around Right. Because that's like 70% of the hate for the prequel trilogy right there. It is. <laughs> you know. And I mean, like Darth Maul. Everyone loves Darth Maul. Of course. Uh, you know, people even... um, What's uh that Christopher Lee's character? Why can I not think of his name right now? This is making me look like a horrible podcast host. Um, Count Dooku. People like Count Dooku. Yeah. Um, you know, that whole Clone Wars... The you know the the popularity of the of the Clone Wars show the Clone Wars is set in the prequel era, so I'm glad that they're turning the page on that, and I'm really excited to see what happens here. I I don't think here's the thing though is is maybe they're just gonna get him for some flashbacks, and maybe he'll be like in the suit, but it can't mm. be his voice unless he's gonna like take the helmet off, because if he's yeah. got the helmet on, it's got to be James Earl Jones, damn it, right. I won't settle for anything else on that. I put my foot down on that one. <laughs> well, I mean, it's even canon, you know, in episode three, they lower the helmet down on him. The breath comes out and then, you know, it's James Earl Jones from that point. Right. So, um, you know, maybe they're going to have him like strangle some stormtroopers and like take the helmet off or whatever. I don't know. Now, just to confirm, Ryan Johnson is the director of this, right? Uh, no. as a matter of fact we're about to get into the films and i'm very happy and you know let's just use this as a segue i'm incredibly happy that the the ryan johnson trilogy they were writing appears to have been completely scrapped yeah as it should be yeah i mean kathleen kennedy's like a huge fan of him which is probably why she let him write and direct a star wars film with no oversight whatsoever and then put it out (laughs) uh (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I really, if he is making a trilogy, I definitely will not go see it. Um, I have gone to great lengths to make sure that none of my money ever finds its way into Ryan Johnson's pocket ever again. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm happy that they, they stuck to just the two films that they talked about. So one of them, uh, is from somebody that we know, which is Taika Waititi. Um, he's developing two movies on this list. Um, now, regardless of what 
people might think about Thor Ragnarok because that's what a lot of people think about when he gets mentioned. It is important to also mention that he did direct the season finale of Mandalorian season one, which people really, really loved. True. Um, so I, I definitely am excited to see what he does with his movie. I think it's interesting that we still don't have a, a title for it. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, I'll, I'll give him a shot despite Thor Ragnarok. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like it's like you did a property that I think you did a bad job with, and then you 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 also worked on a property that I think you did a great job with. So it could go either way. Willing to give it a chance, I'm definitely this, you know this is the tiebreaker. Yeah, unless it's called like March of the Ewoks or some shit, then <laughs> I'll probably go see it. Um, March of the Ewoks. The other movie that they announced though is a big deal. Uh, they announced that they're going to do Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Uh, which they didn't give us a lot of details about that. I'm assuming that they are referring to the Rogue Squadron that is from the video game and is referenced in a lot of the films and other properties. Uh, so we'll kind of see, um, as far as I know. Uh, uh, but it is going to be directed by Patty Jenkins, who is the director of both Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 1984, and presumably whatever the third Wonder Woman movie is going to be. Uh, what did you think about this? Because this was out of nowhere for me. Yeah, I mean, it could be great. Um, as you know, I like the like down and dirty stuff without the Force and without the Jedi influence like Rogue One, um, you know, for the most part. So <laughs> I think I think this could be this could be some something that ends up being one of my favorites. Again, yeah. depending on exactly what it is. Yeah, I, I have a lot of love for both aspects of that in the Star Wars universe, right? Like. Um, I, I, I love like Boba Fett fighting stormtroopers with a gaffy stick. Absolutely. And, and then I also love a damn good, like lightsaber battle, you know? So, uh, either side of it is great for me. I, I think that, I think that in terms of the shows and everything, they have strayed more towards that side of it though. Whereas the movies are all like super heavily focused on the force and, right. and so it will be it'll be interesting. It looks like we're going to get a bit of a flip of that. It looks like in the movies they're going to take a little break from the force and then we're going to get some TV shows that are that have more of like the Jedi stuff in them like with Ahsoka. Uh and then, you know, so it's going to it's going to flip a little bit. So it's nice to see them sort of branching out both sides of the property like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I'll look forward to that one. Uh, you know, huge props if they actually go into, uh, you know, if like Mando ever has to fight like a force user and they, they kind of go into like the old school Mandalorians. I, I don't know if you know about this, but the old school Mandalorians reverted when they were fighting the Jedi, they reverted to like regular ammunition, like, uh, would be used today. Like they were using like slugs. Oh Yeah. And the reason for that is if you shoot a slug at somebody and they try to deflect it with their lightsaber, it explodes all over them. Nice. <laughs> you know, they can't deflect it back at you. So, right. uh, you know, that'd be cool. You know, we got the, we got the EMP from slave one, the, uh, the shockwave. So, uh, maybe we'll get that a reference to that too. Um, yeah, that'd be great. 
uh, just quickly on that, I, I remember when, the, when they're chasing them up. Uh, huge spoilers for latest Mandalorian. Uh, they're chasing Slave 1 out. And I'm like, if he deploys that EMP, I'm going to lose my shit. And then he did it. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. And it was a, it, that was an amazing moment. Just kind of nerd out about that. So overall, the Star Wars slate, the movies they've announced, the TV shows they've announced, uh, you know, what's your what's your kind of overall thoughts on this, man? Like, what are you most excited about, least excited about? I'm definitely excited about Ahsoka and the Rangers. And for the movies, the Rogue Squadron, like we mentioned, those are the ones that I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, I think it's a good slate. It is. I think it covers, I think they kind of dotted all the I's, crossed all the T's. Um, as far as what I'm most excited about, I think that's a tie between Kenobi. If I have to pick one, it's Kenobi, but Ahsoka is right there. You yeah, know? I knew you'd say that. Um, and then more Mandalorian, man. I mean, it's not, obviously not going anywhere. Season right. three already has a release date. Christmas Day, uh, 2021. Really? Okay. Yes. That was part of the announcements as well. We kind of skipped over that. But uh, yeah, so they've already said Christmas Day 2021 Mandalorian Season 3 debuts. So we're going to have to wait over a year for the next season. Maybe we'll get more episodes. Maybe we get a 10-episode season. That would be great. Yeah, that would. Um, that being said, man, that, that wraps up kind of the Star Wars portion. And when they did these announcements, they did it real smart. They opened up with Star Wars. They brought out all these announcements. Then, like I said, they went into National Geographic, Hulu, uh, Disney Originals. And then as they're getting done with all that stuff, I'm just sitting there like, Kevin Feige, come on. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Kevin Feige, where are you? You know, I was like, and they're going to save him for last because he is the, you know, say what you want. Kevin Feige is the moneymaker. You know, if there's anybody at Disney that people have faith in, it's Kevin Feige. Um, and so he came out at the end. And boy, did he drop everything. Um, okay, so most of the stuff on this slate, we talked about it being sort of almost like a Comic-Con type thing. There weren't any trailers really for any of the stuff that they talked about. Uh, Bad Batch got a trailer. But everything else was just like, hey, we're doing this. These are the people that are going to be in it. This is the date it's going to come out or we're shooting for, whatever. And some stuff didn't even get that much. Kevin Feige comes out. We're very excited that WandaVision is coming in January. So like in, in like five weeks, we're getting WandaVision. Boom. Yes. Here's a full trailer. I don't know what to think about. I'll just go ahead and, and preface this. All the shows that we got trailers for, for the most part, I have no idea what they're going to be about. Uh, <laughs> this show looks like a complete and total mindfuck. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, watching the trailer, I watched it twice, and things like elements of Stranger Things came to mind. Yeah. And, and suspense and things like that it kind of kind of starts lighting with a little comedy but then you start getting into what is really going on here this is this is very suspenseful so i mean i i almost i almost see i don't know they're gonna they're gonna have a lot more drama in that than you would expect let me put it that way right 
I, I agree entirely. Um, I think that things are going to go off the rails pretty quickly. I think we get one, maybe two episodes where that, where they're kind of hinting at, you know, kind of what's happening. And then I think they'll slowly reveal it over time. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll drop back to WandaVision in a minute, uh, as it relates to the MCU as a whole, because when it comes to Marvel, the crazy thing, you know, is that they've managed to juggle all this stuff so that all these properties are integrated with each other. And like, we were impressed with it when they were doing it with three or four movies. Now they're doing it with like 12 TV shows and like 20 movies, you know? Right. Um, so next he said, here's Falcon winter soldier. Here's the first footage from it. Roll the trailer. This was really interesting to me. This is probably the one out of these, out of these first, you know, couple of shows, the ones, cause this, this isn't an announcement. We knew this was coming. Uh, it was supposed to actually be out already. It was supposed to come out in like November. Right. Uh, we were supposed to already have this, but you know, tw- it's 2020. So, um, I was excited when they said they were going to roll the trailer for this one. What, what did you think about the trailer? Uh, you know, one thing that got me excited was the description. They said, this is a cinematic experience played out over six episodes. So essentially it's almost like getting a couple of movies kind of cut into pieces here. Um, and looking at it, it looks like, I don't know if, I don't know what you know about the the villains or the what appear to be the villains. It's supposed to be kind of related to Baron Zemo. Maybe he's at the helm, and you got Flag Smashers going on here. Yeah. Um, it looks good. I was concerned this was going to turn into a buddy cop style comedy, but watching the trailers it did not appear. There's a little bit of humor at the end of the trailer, but overall it looked action packed. So that's what I wanted. So. Got me very excited about that. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, did they say March? I think was the yes. So so right behind Wandavision. Um, you know, Sam and Bucky have always had that kind of buddy cop kind of feel, but they've also been serious characters. So as long as they keep that relationship and that tone, I'll be very happy happy with it. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um. I was very interested in this. What's what, what I think is really interesting is at the beginning of the trailer, he said, he talks about the shield very like reverently, you know, he says there's something about that shield and he doesn't have it in the trailer. Right. Um, so I wonder if we're going to see this kind of journey for him where he's reluctant to take up the shield because I mean, obviously, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Steve Rogers, like an amazing person. He's, he's Sam Wilson's mentor, you know, um, is he reluctant to take up the shield? And finally he does it out of desperation. Do they go that route? Um, or is there some other reason why he doesn't have it? Uh, and, and, uh, you mentioned Baron Zemo and Zemo is in the trailer briefly from civil. War. Okay. Yeah. He is in there for just a second. So he's definitely in there. Uh, I, I'm interested to see this, man. You, you mentioned the cinematic experience. This was indistinguishable from the MCU to me as far as visual quality. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it, it looked like something you'd have to go to the theater to see for sure. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a uh, like big like video file. You know, I, you know me like everything's got to be like crisp. I don't even like compressed 
4K if I can avoid it. I want right. it straight off the disc. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, I, I was looking at it like, hey, visually this looks really good. Um, so we'll see. As long as they keep the tone and the presentation of these characters from the MCU, they feel true to those characters. I don't see where they can go wrong with this show. Yeah, I agree. Um, here was one that I was very shocked we got a trailer for. And out of the stuff that I wasn't already excited about, I think I was the most intrigued by this. Did you get a chance to watch the trailer for Loki? Did I? Anybody that has not watched that trailer, stop us for a second, hit pause, go check that out. And if you, even if you dislike Loki, I think you'll find the trailer very interesting. Yeah, I, I, I was of the opinion that Tom Hiddleston had kind of gotten to the point where he'd overstayed his welcome in the MCU because the character's popular, right? And I like Loki as a character, but it was like, you could tell they just were kind of continuously looking for reasons to shoehorn him back in because of that. And, uh, right. you know, I think I didn't want them to undermine his death in Infinity War. Um, yeah, no, I, you're right about that. And they found a good way to not do that, I think. And I like that yeah. they led with the end game scene where he gets the cube and everything. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, and you know, I'm not, I don't like going to the comics. I don't like Thor. I don't care for Loki. But the movies have definitely made me a fan of Loki. Yeah. Not and, Thor, but still Loki. <laughs> and if you go and watch this trailer, I think it's hard to not be excited about this show because I watched it like six times. And I have no idea what the fuck is going on. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I want to know more. Uh, the two scenes that are really intriguing to me is, number one, Heimdall snatching him out of the air with the Bifrost. Because Heimdall is one of my favorite MCU characters. And I think he's drastically underused. Um, it, it may just be that I think Idris Elba is really cool. But like Heimdall is just such a cool character to me in general. So him snatching him out of the air with the Bifrost was cool as hell. Uh, I also really loved the scene where I'm pretty sure it, that they gave us a little glimpse of Nat on Vormir in the trailer. Uh, is Scarlett Johansson in the show as Black Widow? I don't know. I mean, there's just so many questions. Yeah, yeah. That, that trailer of all of them to me was the best one because like you said, I don't know what's going on, but I got to know more. Yeah. I, I just, I have this intense desire to know more about what's happening. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, so speaking of, of that exactly the exact thing, uh, they showed us a little bit of what if, which is the animated series that they announced a long time ago. So when they first announced these shows for Disney plus, these are the ones they, that they announced, they announced WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki, and What If. And right. What If is kind of this alternate timeline. What if this happened instead? How would it have played out? And it's going to be animated. Uh, I, I was not a fan of the animation style, if we're being honest, but they might clean that up. Um, I was not a fan of Into the Spider-Verse's animation style either, but that movie was great. So Yeah, no. We'll see. Um but the one that we get kind of the extended preview of here is it looks like they're going with like a Captain Britain um, type setup. Yeah, but it's Peggy Carter though, right? Yeah. 
Exactly. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of like they're going to do like Peggy Carter ends up getting the serum and she's going to kind of, she's going to be Captain Britain as Peggy Carter. Right. Um, and yeah, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> and the other one, I don't, was it T'Challa becomes Star-Lord? Yeah. Where instead of, uh, instead of them capturing, um, damn it, what's his, uh, what's his, uh, Peter Quill, they they end up getting T'Challa from Wakanda and he becomes Star Lord. I'm really interested in that. And it and it looks like they got Michael Rucker back as Yondu. Yeah, the voice was dead on. Yeah, the many of the voice actors have reprised their roles. And what I want to know is, did they get um, Chadwick Boseman to to do the voice before he passed? Is I was that wondering that I was wondering that same thing and and I you know there's no way to tell you figure it's probably just one episode though right Yeah it's so close. it's possible I know Robert Downey Jr has had already recorded his stuff a while back Okay he recorded his stuff like while he was still under contract with them Nice so who knows but that'll be a very emotional episode if so Yeah no and, doubt. and the little bit that's in the trailer was close I mean it was it was close to his voice. It could have been him. Yeah. So that's all the stuff that was pre-announced. I'm excited about what if, man. Like, I, I think there's so many cool things they could do with that. Um, but those are all the ones that they, they pre-announced. Then we got into the stuff that had either been heavily rumored or announced with no info whatsoever. Uh, the next one that they talked about was Miss Marvel, which is no real surprise because she was like, kind of the breakout character in the Avengers video game that they did. Unfortunately, that was a incredibly failed project that I'm sure Disney is none too happy with um, to the point that they did not mention it in any way in any of this stuff. Um, and I don't blame them because it is seen as like a colossal failure. That's never even going to make it's like production money back. But wow. uh, you know, she is, she is like the, the kind of, big addition to the team in that. So it's not surprising to me that they started making a, um, a, a Miss Marvel show. What, how, so how do you feel about this? Um, because I, I feel like you probably got some feelings on this property or do you like, just, <laughs> it, is it just not really on the radar to you at all? Um, you know, I'll, I'll certainly watch it, but, um, definitely they're doing different take. This is a Pakistani thing. Yeah. Um, based on everything I read and the actors and that sort of thing. So we'll just have to see. I'm, I'm not going to uh, pass judgment on anything regarding that show yet. I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, the, the girl's name is, uh, Iman Villani. I hope I didn't butcher that too bad. She's going to play Kamala Khan, which is the, uh, titular character for the show. Um, It'll be interesting, man. It had kind of a like kids show vibe in the footage that they showed to me. Yeah. It it had like a um you know, just sort of like Disney Channel kids TV show, but maybe where there's superpowers vibe to it. And I'm not saying that there's not a market for that. I think there definitely is. Yeah. You know. But I, I don't know if it's something I'll be interested in. Like I said, uh, same thing you said. I'll watch it. Yeah. Whether I keep watching it is another story. Exactly. And, you know, her 
the reason she goes by Miss Marvel, for those of you who don't know at home, is because her idol and favorite superhero is Captain Marvel. So I know that she has that in common with you. I'm going uh, to hang up now and uh, <laughs> do not invite me back. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Joe absolutely hates Captain Marvel. Um, and no, I'm not a, I I'm hated not a the fan. Captain Marvel movie. Yeah. Okay, so, so maybe not Carol Danvers as a character, period, but just the movie. Yeah, well, you know, my Captain Marvel is a uh, black female named Monica, so... Ah, uh, okay. Well, um, so so how do you feel about, you know, her kind of being more front and center in Captain Marvel 2, then? I, I don't know, front and center. Um, I saw her show up in the clip, for sure. Well, but, more uh, front and center. You know, and she, and she um, could be in this show as well. Yeah, and you know, maybe she should be. Um but enough about Captain Marvel. All right. Moving <laughs> on. So I know that you are really excited about this one. I'm really excited about this one. Uh so they have they officially announced that we're gonna get Moon Knight. Yes. Um what, what, what's your feelings on that, man? Uh you know, I they didn't show anything or really say a whole lot about it. Yeah, uh, you're ready to do 30 minutes of Moon Knight. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> well, obviously they got a good actor, which is which is good, uh, Oscar Isaac. Uh, yeah, for people I'm really that, excited about that. Yeah, for people that don't know anything about Moon Knight, you want to talk about a complex character. This guy has identity disorder, and you know, in the comics, he he doesn't even really know what the heck's going on. He, he kind of plays a vigilante, and that that style of hero or anti-hero is, is one of my favorites anyway, without seeing anything else. I just, I can't wait to see how they do this. And I wonder if it's going to be kind of pushing a rated R boundary for the show. I would hope so. Yeah. But, but that, you know, it's Disney, so maybe not. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that they definitely aren't going to try to go heavy into the kid tones with this show. I hope they don't really try to PG it up. I mean, really, Moon Knight really needs to be a rated R property. Which I, is, yeah, yeah. I don't think we will get that. We may get edgy PG-13. Yeah. Which I would yeah, be probably, okay with. If, yeah, if, they, if they do it right, you know. Right. Um, But they are going to, I mean, they are going to continue making Deadpool. So at some point there will be a rated R program on Disney Plus. There is no avoiding that. Good. So, so they should start with this. I feel like. Yeah, they they could, and see you know if it, if it tanks, then they know okay we want to do that in the future, and then you didn't lose something big because uh, Moon Knight. You're talking about a C or D list character. Right, but a lot so of people you're not, are hyped for this. Yeah, but you're not sacrificing Captain America or someone like that. Right. Yeah. So this this could be their experiment into the R rated range or or something close to it. And they are they are known uh, for taking those sort of C and D list characters and turning them into absolute stars. Um, Rocket Raccoon <laughs> comes to to mind. You know, it's hard to think of him as a C or D character, but if I told you ten years ago, hey man, uh, Rocket Raccoon is going to be prominently featured. In the number one and number two best-selling <laughs> films of 2019 and 2020. Right. 
and a prominent character in the best-selling, highest-grossing film of all time. Right. You would have taken that bet. Right. <laughs> um, and, and let's not forget that in 2005, Iron Man was a C or D list character to a lot of people. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't go D. No, but, but but if you walked up to an average person on the street and said, "Name five Iron Man villains," they might not have been able to name one. You're right. You know, uh, and now that's hard to even think about. Right. So you know that when they started making the MCU, these were not in in the public eye. These were not, you know, the the all star cast. You know, these were not the prime properties that everybody knew about from Marvel, you know, that, that, that was like your Spider-Man, your Wolverine, you know, those kind of, that, that, that kind right. of thing. So, you know, and, and with guardians of the galaxy, they turned an incredibly unknown property into a multi-billion dollar property. So I have faith in them. They haven't given me a whole lot of reason to not have faith in them. Uh, and Oscar Isaac is amazing. So, yeah, hey man, I, I'm, out of all the stuff that they announced, I might be the most hyped for this one. Yeah, uh, it's in my it's in my top two or three for sure. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Um, they also they had a, a already sort of confirmed a Hawkeye show, but they did also confirm um, that we are getting Kate Bishop and that she's going to be played by is it Haley Steinfeld? Is that is that the pronunciation? Um, I think so. Yeah, we can fact check that real quick. Um, yeah, so, let's see, yeah, so she is going to be played, yeah, yeah, I was correct, so, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes, um, yeah, Haley Steinfeld, and I believe she has a Disney history, I'm not really familiar with her, to be honest, but I think she's like one of those Disney Channel kids or something. Yeah, I uh, think you're right. I might get some I, hate mail for being like one of those Disney Channel kids. Um, <laughs> somebody's going to send me like two pages and it's going to be like, she was such and such character on this show and it was amazing. Right. And, uh, you yeah, know, we'll go from there. <laughs> um, this was this was not really surprising. Uh, I'm excited for the show. I think Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye is great. If we get to see him, you know, taking people out with the sword and he's still doing the Ronin thing to an extent, that will be really cool. Yeah, and you know, here's here's the really interesting thing. I told you I wanted to talk a little bit about this one. Yeah. Um, what my research says is that Maya Lopez, who is Echo, is going to be somewhere in this series, possibly a villain, possibly something else, and she's actually Ronan in the comics. And there's, you know, she was originally her first appearance was in Daredevil. That's the only reason I even know who she is. Right. Um, I was wondering. And I was like, yes, yeah, her first appearance in Daredevil in 99 with David Mack as a writer. And here's the other thing that's interesting. Like Taskmaster, she has photographic reflexes. So she can watch someone uh, perform a skill and then she can perform it. Uh, so, you know, you, you kind of have something going on here with Black Widow and Hawkeye. If, if she's a villain, kind of having parallel. Uh, situations with with their villains and i just i don't know and, and i don't know if you know echo she's actually deaf um so that's a cool she, like power or, or feature yeah and you know she, here she is in daredevil 
he's blind, she's deaf. It's it's a little bit, <laughs> you know, you got to kind of kind of kind of roll your eyes. All right, guys, you know what's next. Um, but I really liked her in Daredevil. Again, she, come to find out, she was Ronin, whereas in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Hawkeye becomes Ronin. So it's really interesting the way they've kind of layered this thing. Yeah, um, I'm excited about it. I I think we could see some really cool stuff from it. Um, and there's no telling, you know, this was the one where they were like, there's no telling who could show up. They dropped that line specifically on this show. So I wonder if there's a greater MCU presence too. I don't, I don't want them to have like, you know, like Thor show up and, and just like take everybody's attention off of the main characters. But I, I kind of wonder if there's some greater MCU connection here that we're not aware of, maybe a villain or something like that um, that they're going to be going after. Because once again, it, it's important to keep in mind, all this stuff is connected. So, you yes. know, with all these shows, almost all of them have a major MCU actor in them. You actually have one of the core Avengers as the you know main character here. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm excited about it. Um I'm also speaking of the core Avengers we'll we segue right into the next thing they announced. She-Hulk. Yeah. Um you know, we got She-Hulk as a as an announcement. Uh and this was this had been heavily rumored too. And I thought that this was interesting. Um uh Tatiana Maslany, I think is the pronunciation is going to play Jennifer Walters aka She-Hulk. Um she's a lawyer, which is kind of a interesting twist on it a little matt murdoch action there um and uh they they did confirm that mark ruffalo will be in the show um and they listed him as bruce banner slash the hulk so are we gonna get professor hulk or will he be kind of back into are they gonna like have him you know go back into being banner and then he kind of rages out type thing i don't i don't know um and then and a really interesting this was so out of left field is all the way back to the like 2008 Incredible Hulk movie. They're bringing back the same actor to play the Abomination. Yeah, Tim Roth. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really interesting. And yeah, you know, I like. I'm a fan of of She Hulk. Um, as far as who's playing her, I guess Savannah Evans wasn't available. Um, that's <laughs> right. fine. But uh, you know, she's one of the one of the more interesting characters for anyone that kind of digs down again to that C or D level and, and starts reading about her. Cause the, the lawyer thing plays really interesting in the comics for her career. Um, and you know, member of the fantastic four and the Avengers. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting one. Um, I, I'm excited for this. We'll see. I don't, I don't know when we're going to get it. Uh, Apparently, it's going to start filming uh, in Atlanta in February 2021. So we don't we don't get it this year. Definitely, I mean, yeah, obviously we're we're filming this in mid December. We don't get it next year. We we probably get it into 2022. Right. Um, you know, some of this stuff is way out. MCU likes to go out five years. Um, you know, Kevin Feige has talked about this. You know, basically they have a ten year plan. And basically, they'll come out and put five years out on the table for us. And then that back five is kind of in their back pocket. So they've always got stuff to announce, which is smart. Yeah, DC could learn from that uh, little scheduling. DC's got like the next two months in their pocket. If that, two weeks. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're getting better. They are getting hey, better about that. Well, speaking of that, let me take you back to Winter Soldier for a minute. I was thinking about uh, the HBO Max stuff and them announcing the connection there with the DC stuff. And I could picture the Disney guys kind of laughing in the corner. And, and again, back to Winter Soldier going, on your left. Yeah. yeah. As they pass them and lap them. You know what I mean? I'm, with I'm these announcements. The hasn't made a gif out of that yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, I that just came immediately to mind when you compare. Oh, we got Matrix Four. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. watch this, guys. Yeah, here's everything. Right, uh, and and they they didn't only do that to them. They did it to Netflix. Oh yeah, they did it to to you know all the other streaming services. They basically said we have all this original content that people love. We don't have to go out and make a new property. We can right. we can simply build on these that we have all this room to do and give all the, you know, give people all this stuff that they wanted that, you know, maybe they couldn't spend $200 million making a movie of, you know? Yeah. And if you um, recall, you know, during part of our discussion about this a, a week ago, almost, I said, Hmm, Disney stock sure is up today. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. You know, the roof. I mean, just all of this stuff, just, they got a grip on the future, man. They do. Um, speaking of the future, so these last two are very intriguing to me. Um, they announced, and this this was puzzling. I scratched my head. I'm still scratching my head over this one. Secret Invasion, featuring the return of Ben Mendelsohn and Samuel Jackson. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, maybe maybe they're just kicking it off with those two being in there. But in my opinion, if you're going to do Secret Invasion, and and Number one, you would think this would have been a film. This would have been a movie. Right. But it's gonna right. be a show. So yeah. are they are they going to downplay Secret Invasion hugely? And is it gonna just be this buddy cop show where they like uncover random scrolls every week? Or have they just not announced the you know, real scope of this thing yet? Yeah, I wonder if this is is like you're saying, almost a prequel to what will be a movie. Maybe, or, I mean, you know, maybe they're the, like the main characters and they are going to have all these like MCU folks and they just haven't written it yet to see who all is going to be in it. You know, you know, here's my thing. I can't picture scrolls without thinking fantastic four. True. So maybe this is a, a, like a place marker and then fantastic four comes along and then you have the full secret invasion movie with every, all the pieces in place. Yeah, Maybe. And this this would also be a way that they could, um, if they really you know need to dig into the well, they can always have Chris Evans or Robert Downey Jr. show up as like a scroll, basically, if they wanted to. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, because uh, honestly, like that would be that they they could do some cool stuff with that. Definitely. You know? Um, I could see them like fucking with Peter Parker, you know, like <laughs> scroll shows up as like Tony Stark and, you know, um, that would drive him insane. Absolutely. Um, so interested on that, that, that one to me could go either way. It could be agents of shield season one. Uh, and, and, and I mean that as in bad or it could be, you know, amazing. So it, it could go either way. Well, Sam Jackson's in it, so I'll watch it. Same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll definitely watch it either way. 
this one, honestly, uh, this last one is maybe I could be the most excited about this. I'll be honest. Um, uh, so they're going to do Armor Wars, uh, which will feature Don Cheadle, who I'm a big fan of. He will be returning yep. as War Machine. And uh, it will be starring Dominique Thorne. And we're basically uh, going to, uh, they're, they're going to do an Ironheart show, essentially. Right. What's your, what's your thoughts about this? Because me personally, super excited about it. I I love the concept of them doing more stuff with like the Iron Man armor and exploring like how, you know, Tony Stark's technology has changed the world because in Iron Man two, that was like something that they really went into is like, okay, in the first one, he's got the suit and now everyone's trying to copy it. And then that kind of had to go to the wayside because we got Thanos and Ultron, you know, that these galactic threats. So we didn't really get to see a whole lot more about that universe. It would have been great if they had ever made an Iron Man three, but you know, they just never did. (laughs) <laughs> really yeah hmm yeah well as far as arm armor wars i'm not as familiar with the comic book basis of that storyline so with don Cheadle, i'll watch obviously and for me it's just going to be a i'll tune in and see yeah i mean the way they described it was basically like this is tony stark's worst fear that his technology has fallen into the wrong hands and the rumor too, and I don't, I don't think they confirmed this, but the rumor is that Sam Rockwell is going to return as Justin Hammer. Okay. And I love Sam Rockwell. So yeah. His Justin Hammer was amazing. I think super underrated villain in the MCU. Um, he was fun to watch. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I look forward to that one. And again, I don't really have a background for that, so it'll, it'll be fresh for me. Yeah. So that's the TV show slate. Now, <laughs> uh, uh, that's huge, but I do want to briefly talk about some of the movie stuff uh, because that is there. Um, they did announce Black Widow is going to keep its theatrical release date, uh, which is yep. in May now. Uh, oh, is it to, May? Okay. Yeah, we are supposed to get it, like I think, in like April or something earlier this year. Or maybe May this year. And then it kept yeah. getting pushed back. And finally they said, no, we're just going to push it to like May 2021. Um, I thought that they might announce here sort of as a clap back to the HBO Max announcement, um, which this very podcast we did an episode about. And you can hear that everywhere you get your podcast from. Uh, starring uh, Heath Mulliken, uh, as a, uh from the Double Dropkick show and the Heath Mulliken Project. So that's a good episode. We cut, ran down all the HBO Max stuff. Um yeah. We, I really thought we might get, hey, Black Widow is just going to come to Disney Plus now. No, they're sticking to their guns. Marvel yeah. no, knows they own the silver screen. Yeah, and I'll be there opening night. Me too. If that anybody, was my plan this year, that's going to be my plan whenever it comes out. Yeah, if anything is going to get people to come back to the movies, it's the MCU. Right, exactly. And I think they know that. Um. So, that being said... Uh, that was an interesting take. I want to see the damn movie. What's bad is, you know, it's done. You know, if they really wanted to, they could be like, it comes out tomorrow on Disney plus have at it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and and I don't, don't care if they charged, I would, I would buy it. They, I don't think they would though. Well, they did with they Milan. Would. That's true. That's true. I, I think that went poorly though. Uh, but I think they announced, I don't really want to get into it, but I think they did announce another movie is going to be doing that same kind of thing. Um, 
So maybe they would. I don't know. But the MCU owns, you know, has been keeping theater chains open for years yeah. and years now. And I don't think it'll be any different in 2021. Uh, so something I wanted to mention here is that they kind of established almost a trilogy type feel. I said we would we would kick back to WandaVision here. So apparently WandaVision, Doctor Strange 2, uh, which Doctor Strange 2, uh, so which is titled Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, yes. is being directed by Sam Raimi, who comic book fans will know as a director of the original Spider-Man trilogy. Um, a lot of people are more excited about this than I am, but... Uh, I, I'm excited for the movie. I'm not, not like I wasn't like, oh my god, Sam Raimi is directing it. But I know a lot of people are. So I'm interested to see what happens with that. Yeah, and I think it was confirmed that the Doctor Strange movie will include Scarlet Witch and will be connected to the Spider-Man, which is again supposed to be a multiverse story. Yeah. So uh, there's there's a lot of ties there that Doctor Strange is going to have to connect. Yeah, we'll cut back to Spider-Man at the end for sure because there's a lot of meat and potatoes there. But yeah, uh, so the, the the trilogy is going to kind of be WandaVision the show heavily feeds into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which right. is going to heavily feature into Spider-Man 3, which Doctor Strange is confirmed to be in. Um, there you go. So I thought that was an interesting thing. Um, yeah. They didn't announce a whole lot about the War of Love and Thunder. We actually have already gotten a lot of announcements about that, but I do want to quickly talk about uh, they did cast Christian Bale like almost a year ago, and for the past year, podcasts and websites and everybody else have been speculating on who he's playing. They have confirmed that he is going to play Gore the God Butcher, um, which I I think that is going to be a good villain for them. It's kind of to the point where you you have to at this point in time go kind of all out to find somebody that can fight Thor anyway, right? In any believable manner. Uh and if we're gonna get Jane Foster as Thor in this, I'm interested to see where that goes. You know, are well, we gonna we gonna get some big ending battle where it's you know, where it's it's Jane Foster and Chris Hemsworth and they both have like the Thor powers and they're kind of fighting together. That would be an interesting thing. I know Thor is not your cup of tea. Um, no. But I, I, I'm interested to see where this goes, just because I'm a huge fan of Christian Bale anyway. Even if I didn't care about Thor at all, I will watch a movie just because Christian Bale is in it. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll give you one prediction, despite me not being that interested in it. Look for Beta Ray Bill to show up. I think so. I think the fandom has almost demanded it. Even yeah. if it's just an after credit scene right. where he shows up and he's like, oh, there's my damn hammer. And he like just takes uh, Stormbreaker and he's like, I'm out, <laughs> you know? Um, right. Uh, or something like that uh, would be interesting and funny. But uh, I think that might happen. Um, they did announce that they will not recast the role of T'Challa, which I think everybody respects that decision and is happy about. Yes. It is hard to imagine anyone else being T'Challa other than Chadwick Boseman. So I'm glad that they will, they have not said who will take up the mantle of Black Panther, um, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I think tw July 2022, and they said it's going to focus more on Wakanda. Yeah, I, I think we could see Okoye take up the mantle. She's Okoye? A big, yeah, she's not a Shuri? big enough star. I would, so if I had a choice, it would be Shuri. 
Mm-hmm. But I think that Okoye is a bigger star. And she's a bigger part of the MCU. Mm. Because she okay. was also in Endgame as well. Yeah, true. Um, I don't know. I would prefer that it be sure. Yeah, I think most fans would agree with that. But maybe they kind of split it up, you know, where Shuri it becomes maybe the queen of Wakanda and can focus on like running Wakanda, and then maybe the Black Panther is instead Okoye now, and she's kind of like the protector, yeah, type thing. I don't know. I really love Shuri, but it's like, how do you make her like the queen and like a super scientist and the Black Panther all this like? It's just that's too many layers. I think yeah. And the character would just get ridiculous, I think. So I would love for it to be Shuri because she's one of my favorite characters in the MCU. Um, as a matter of fact, when we did our top five, she was on my list. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Um, they did briefly announce uh, that Fantastic Four is in the works. They didn't an- announce any casting really or, or plot threads or anything like that. But they, they, they showed the logo, which is, let's be honest, it's all they needed to do. Um, and they announced that it's going to be directed by none other than John Watts, who is the director of the, the MCU Spider-Man trilogy. And I think this is a smart move, man, because John Watts has proven that he can take a character, successful or not, that's already existed outside of the MCU and format that character for the MCU. Oh, well, here's, here's my suggestion. Okay. We take take the entire Fantastic Four property, trade it to DC, bring us Green Lantern. We'll fix all the issues there, and let Green Lantern join the Avengers or whoever he wants to join, and just be done with it. They would be foolish to make that trade, so DC would probably go for it. There you go. Uh, I am not a huge like Fantastic Four fan myself. As a matter of fact, if it were up to me. I would put each of those characters in other properties. You know, like mm-hmm. I I would split them up and put them in different properties. Like I would probably put Ben Grimm in like the Guardians. Um, you know, and like do things like that and just kind of like split them off into other properties uh because they own the characters. But I I think they have they have to try to make it work first. And then if it fails, they can either split the characters up or they can just completely trash the entire franchise. They already trashed the comics once and, and said, we're not even going to make this a comic anymore. Um, but I'll see, man. I, it, it, it is it is Disney. It is the MCU. It's Kevin Feige. So I have faith in it. I will give it a shot. But I think if this movie doesn't succeed, then that property is dead for 10, 20 years. Or longer, let's hope. Yeah, or maybe yeah, yeah. Maybe they put it on the shelf until like they get super desperate when they run out of when they run out of you know season eleven of Hawkeye, <laughs> you know, in, in ten years or whatever. Yeah, um, you know they can go dig that up. Uh, they can recast a uh, like fifty year old Chris Evans as Johnny Storm. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um. So that was interesting. Uh, I I'm excited that they got John Watts doing it. Um, here's another announcement. They, they announced that the title for Ant-Man and the Wasp is going to be Quantumania. I don't, (laughs) (laughs) 
wasn't that what the second one was called? They used the fucking word quantum in that movie like 70,000 times. If right. you were to have a drinking game and you got to sit down and watch Ant-Man and the Wasp and every time they say quantum, you got to take a shot, you're going to be in the ER before that movie's halfway over. Yeah. Yeah, the the name, I don't know. They weren't trying too hard. Uh, that's all I can say. I'm interested to see where this goes. Uh, what I am excited about is that they did confirm that Jonathan Majors, who um, is uh, probably most well-known for Lovecraft Country, um, is going to be Kang the Conqueror. Yeah, that's a that's a great villain, and I'm glad they're bringing him in. I, but I hope he wrecks uh, Ant Man and Wasp in this. To be honest with you, right? Because if they if they one and done Kang in this movie, people will go ape shit in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't think they will though, because Kevin Feige has already stated that Kang is the most powerful villain in Phase Four. Period. Yeah. So I think Kang is, if he's not the new Thanos, then, and he might be, but he's at least a phase villain. So he's, you know, your Ultron or your Loki or whatever for this phase. So, you know, maybe when they do another Avengers, maybe he's the main villain in the next Avengers movie. He could, he's certainly an Avengers level threat. He is, and that and that's why I said I hope he wrecks Ant Man and Wasp. Because I mean, let's be honest, uh, of all the single or two person teams, they're they're one of the weaker ones. Yeah, and maybe they're responsible for bringing him in. Maybe they them fucking around with time and like the quantum realm is what kind of like puts like our reality on his radar. That that's that's got to be right. That's yeah. got to be the way it is. And maybe you know that he's just kind of like. Hey, these people are fucking with the timeline. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that could be it. Um, that's all of the like real announcements, but I, I, I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't spend a minute talking about all the stuff revolving around Spider-Man three. There's so much rumor out there. Um, they didn't announce anything. They really blew balls to us. And I think Sony probably wants to keep this announcement for themselves. Yeah. Can I touch on one more thing on Ant-Man, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we forward. My understanding with Cassie Lang, which is Ant-Man, Scott Lang's daughter. Yes. There's there's a strong rumor that they're going to start building her up to be Stature, who yes. is in the Young Avengers, and this will lead to a Young Avengers franchise. I could totally see them doing that because they're also doing Miss Marvel. They're also doing... Um, they're doing Kate Bishop. Oops. Um, yeah, and... And you know, I don't know if you read the original, like when the when the Young Avengers first came out, but it was really good, really good comic. I, I've heard, I've not read it, but I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah, so. I, definitely a good one. So yeah, uh, that is something that I think we could see coming down the line for sure. Now, do they do that on Disney Plus? That's the yeah. If yeah. All, if most of the characters are from Disney Plus shows, it would make sense. But we'll yeah, see. could do a series. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, uh, but yeah, let's get into Spider-Man 3. So it, it is widely rumored that this movie is going to be live-action Spider-Verse because of how popular Into the Spider-Verse is and that they will get Andrew Garfield back and Tobey Maguire um, and uh, that they will also get uh, Doc Ock back, that they will get um, uh, Electro back from those yeah. franchises um, and even that... Uh, 
that we would see uh, MJ from the original tran- uh, franchise, that she would come in, and that we would also get um, uh, Emma Stone to come back as Gwen. Nice. Uh, and and possibly do a Spider Gwen for this multiverse movie. They didn't really announce anything about it. Um, but I could see Sony wanting to have all three of them, to have McGuire and Garfield and uh, Holland kind of walk out on the stage together and have that big moment. Right. Um, and I was expecting that they would announce that Spider-Man 3 is going to be called Into the Spider-Verse and they would do all that. But there are Sony like contractual obligations there to consider. Um do you do you think that this happens? And do you think if it doesn't, that the fandom is incredibly disappointed? Because the rumors are everywhere. It's like every day they announce somebody else for this movie. You know, through the grapevine. Right. Yeah, I, you know what I think. You got you got Doc Ock and Electro supposedly or potentially, right? Why not go ahead and make this your Sinister Six movie? I mean, you got two, and then we've seen a glimpse of Scorpion from the first uh, Spider-Man Tom Holland movie. So that could be half your crew right there. Yeah, you get Um, you get Vulture back. You get Keaton. Yeah, you could sure. And there's four. Well, and then there's the other rumor mill, and this is probably the most recent ones, is that Charlie Cox. We'll play Matt Murdock, yes. aka Daredevil, and that, as you know, the main villain of Into the Spider Verse is Kingpin, and that Vincent D'Onofrio will reprise his excellent role as Kingpin. I would lose my fucking mind. <laughs> Me too, but they can't do all this in one movie, man. There's no way. Right? How how do you do it? Yeah, you can't. It'd have to be three and a half hours. It had to be another end game. And I mean, it, I'm fine with I'm fine with that if they can do it in three and a half. I'll watch it. And I think that they are building this Spider-Man movie to sort of be a a not in game level, but the, to be this like big. I, I think that this Spider-Man movie, if it ends up being into the multiverse, I think this Spider-Man movie will be the biggest movie in Phase Four. I think it yeah. will it will take the place of an Avengers type movie for now, which yeah. gives them time to rebuild the uh, Avengers main roster. Yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense. Cause that would be huge. But if Charlie Cox is in it, he's probably just going to be in it as Matt Murdock or he's in it for like, you know, 20 seconds or whatever is daredevil because you can't, you can't like really properly introduce him to the screen and then also have the multiverse storyline and, you know, right you know, 20 years ago, Spider-Man showing up and, you know, you just can't. Right. I, I hear that the, the, the cause for the delay on all of this is that they don't have Tobey Maguire locked in. Mm. He probably knows that he can basically ask for whatever. Yeah. If they sure. got everybody else locked in. They can't do it without Tobey Maguire, but you know, ask Terrence Howard, they'll fuck you up. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you, you can negotiate for a little while, but you know, don't don't be crazy about it. Don't ask for right. that Robert Downey Jr. money. Yeah, don't ask for a small island or anything. Yeah, yeah, they'll have Don Cheadle playing fucking Peter Parker in ten seconds, <laughs> like nothing ever happened. Yep. 
So, all right, man. I, you know, that's kind of that's kind of everything. Uh, you know, so out of this Marvel stuff, what what piques your interest the most? I think I, I know the answer to that question. And then, if there is there anything that you're just, you know, either the least interested in or not interested in at all? Uh, yeah. So for the shows, definitely Loki and Hawkeye. And then, because I've been waiting so long, Black Widow for the movies, for sure. Obviously, obviously the Spider-Man stuff we just talked about, but all that's got to come together. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard for me to say. I think I, the thing that intrigues me the most is probably Armor Wars. Just because I didn't think it was coming. I'm a big fan of Don Cheadle as War Machine. Um, and I'm excited about Ironheart as a character. Um, but so much of this stuff is good. We talked about the Loki trailer and how good it looks. I mean, uh, if there's anything here that I'm just not interested in at all, it's probably Miss Marvel and I'll still watch that. Um, and then none of the movies, I mean, fantastic four is probably the thing I'm least interested in and they could absolutely knock that out of the park. That's the thing about it is they could make fantastic four amazing. Because it's very well liked in the comics, so we'll see, man. Um, we'll see that that that's kind of my final thoughts on it. You got it. You got anything else you want to say? That's pretty much it. Like I said, if we can work a trade out, I, I <laughs> ship uh, Fantastic Four right on over to those guys over at WB and DC and all that. Uh, they can have it. Can we get uh, Idris Elba to uh, be John Stewart? Uh, that'd be perfect. Yeah. All right. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> you know, I, speaking of that, he, he was uh, in, there was an article I read. He was unhappy with his role in the Thor movies. He wanted more. Yeah. He deserves so, it. Especially so, in Ragnarok. John Stewart would be perfect for him. Yeah. I would, I, I thought that they downplayed Heimdall way too much. Yeah. In the Thor yeah. movies. Because, well, here's the thing, right? It's like, you can't really have somebody fight Heimdall and beat him, right? Like, Heimdall is the shit. You know, it takes a very right. powerful person to mess with Heimdall. Like, the dude literally can see, like, through different realities. Yeah. Um, He's such a great character, but I, I really thought they ruined him hard in Ragnarok because at the end, you're thinking you're going to get to see this awesome, like, Heimdall versus uh, Fenris uh like fight and we never get it and he doesn't he just kind of like leads the refugees around and you don't really get to see him do anything cool yeah Um, and i hated that as a matter of fact thor dark world is probably the movie that he gets the best screen time in so um and and the most screen time at that so that being said um Man, definitely thank you for joining me and running all this down. This was just such a big announcement. I mean, possibly the biggest day of announcements in nerd movie cinema TV history. Definitely. Uh, And and this was monumentous, and I'm glad you came on and talked to us uh, about it a little bit. Uh, If you want to hear some more Joe Brown, you can always check out uh, Suplexes and Microphones. Uh, and you guys are available pretty much everywhere under. Yeah, under at Suplexes Mics. Uh, we got YouTube, all of our uh, podcasts or videos. And you can always check us out on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as well, at Suplexes Mics. 
and as I have probably ran this into the ground about 50,000 times this season, uh, we are we are available on Facebook, we are available on YouTube, but we are now also available uh, pretty much anywhere you can get your audio podcasts. Uh, we are not quite there on Apple yet, but we're working on it. Uh, we are on Google Podcasts. We are on. I swear I have nothing to do with the Apple thing. Uh, we're on Anchor. <laughs> we're on Spotify. We're in all these places you can get your podcasts. Um, so, you know, definitely uh, tune into the audio versions of these as well. We typically, uh, you know, we air these episodes on Sunday nights, and typically the audio version will be up and live the next day. So, um, you know, uh, we've we've been getting pretty much pretty close to day and date. Uh, on the audio versions of these. So uh, thanks for tuning in. We've been getting some good listens on that. And this has been an Evolved Review.